1: the great and liberating things for me, and I think why this thing came to fruition uh, you know, I made a big deal that this stayed quiet, you know, and and you know, first of all, you know what I was doing? I was, um, you know, part of the rumors are things fly out of that building. And so I wanted to see that I trust this building. Let us buy law, ready, go, we go, go. Let us buy law, we're go, we go, go. Let us buy law, ready, go, we go, go. Let us buy law, ready, go, we go, go. Go, Hola. Red, go, yeah. red, go, red, go, red, Sam, go, we go, red, say, red, let's go, red, go, let's go. go. Now that's my red and go, we go dumb. Chippin' <laughs> on a little bit of Puerto Rican rum. Uh-huh. My leader real low go blood it to the death. Tail <laughs> game, hey, okay. got a little powder <laughs> on my breath. <laughs> And green light, my forty nine tall cans double shots. Middle finger up, motherfucker, see hot. Red zone bag and got drama, let it pop California, Houston, Texas. This lame gang hopping out of Lexus, Niggas be not die hard. Hopping out the Low P or Kaiser. I say a family rapping in the shot. Me and our fellow in Giron, not a pie. Red hollering, not as by law. Ain't chillin', chilling, go, toes, all warning. Not as by law, and go, we go, go. Not as by law, ready, go, we go. We go gum, shine ready, go. We go go. as ready go. We go red. go. Red, go, red, go, ready go,
2: ready go, ready go, ready go, ready go. Red, go. that's my fans move me, 5-0 ring, fuck your home team My tailgate party is a red and gold thing, bang, bang, on of game Yeah,
1: ho, I'm faithful, that means if we lose, bitch, I'll still be grateful You
2: a bandwagon rider, always been a nine Kings of the bay, boy, call us side. So uh-huh. back to Steve Young, Jerry Wright, Jerry Joe, Montana, riding light, red and right. white Mike, Brooklyn, uh-huh. for that black and brown power We can't stay, ready to kick off in an hour What we let's my team number one, number 95 lottery we go dumb let us law ready right go we go
1: dumb let us law ready right go we go dumb let us by law ready right go we go dumb. Law, right go go dumb. Ray, go Ray, go Ray, go, Ray, go, Ray, go Ray. <laughs> Uh, my interactions with Jed York is he's a guy who all he wants to do is win. Uh, he's tired of, um, you know, some you know, strife and contention in the building. He wants harmony. Um, we can't beat around the bush. we got to get right to, do I want to work for these people? To me, um, that's an awesome deal. And... I understand, and I think just from being around it and being a football fan being up there and playing for Bill, um, from being around Ronnie and feeling his presence, to Tina Turner and Bill Ring on that staff. I just get, you know, what dawned upon me. This isn't just a normal franchise. This is one of the iconic franchises of football, and the opportunity to restore that to its glory and to work really hard to do that that that, that just got me. And so...
2: What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Niner Faithful. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. Hope everyone had a blessed week. Today I got a very special co-host on with me today. Adam, founder and president of 49ers Insider Room. Uh, This man's awesome. You'll see him all over Twitter. It's a really, really great honor to have him on the show today. Also, we're going to go ahead and be reviewing the, the Niners Colts Uh, game, and also we're going to get a little bit of uh, 53-man projections going on, and also taking your calls and texts as well. The number to call in is 646-668-8467, and the number to text the show is 408-785-3015. But before we get started today, I have to remind everybody to go ahead and go to patreon.com forward slash Niner Faithful Radio. And uh, see all the tool type of rewards we got going on just for as little as a dollar a month. I mean, the more you contribute, the the better the rewards, plus you get all the other rewards of, of the tiers. But it, it's a really awesome thing that we're doing to try to help raise funds for new equipment, for a mic, for, you know, some things to soundproof this room or even a better room. Uh so that's one of the ways that we're we're trying to get Niner Faithful Radio really, really up and popping. Also, another way that we got going on is if you want to save on all ticket purchases, not just you know, sports or niners, just all ticket purchases, go to cGiant.com, use the promo code Niner Faithful Radio and you'll save as well as help the show out. That website, again, is seatgiant.com, and the promo code is NinerFaithfulRadio. Also, Radio AFS has advertising packages for as little as $25 a month. Go ahead and email me at NinerFaithfulRadio at gmail.com or message me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for any details or questions. So we're not even going to go shoot around the bush or anything today. We're just going to go ahead and bring them on right away. Hey, Adam, what's up, bro? How you doing? Not too bad, my man. Thank you so much for having me on today. How you doing? Good, good, good. Like, like I was just telling you in the green room, anytime you wake up a f- five-time champion is a good day, except February 4th when we wake up a six-time champion.
3: For sure, for sure. Couldn't agree more. Like I said, definitely i looking forward to putting right. number six in the trophy case.
2: Oh, that, that's, that's going to be real nice. I think, um, see, I'm 32, so I grew up. Um, I grew up in the end, I guess you could say, uh, you know, right towards the end of the dynasty and, uh, you know, in the beginning of, of the Jeff Garcia, you know, I mean, I, I still remember the t- playoff game against the Giants, like it was yesterday. So, you know, I, I can't point to like some, some people I know who could point to, uh, I have a friend on Facebook that we conversate every now and then he's been to uh, all six Super Bowls. So, you know, he's been to all five championships. You know, and wow. he, he says he can remember every one of them. I think he was like 20, 25 when, when he went to the first one. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not like him who could point out. So the, the sixth one will definitely be a special one. So be, before we get started today, i like to bring on any guest that I have on the show. i like to get their story. I call it their faithful story, that, that whether it was a, a moment, a game, a person in your life, what made you a Niner faithful?
1: for Sure, it's always great hearing some stories about uh someone in the past history and you know they're
3: uh you know they're partaking being a 49ers faithful member and uh yeah it's always nice hearing some uh good old fashioned you know traditional history type of stories as far as games and seasons go,
2: yeah, yeah. So uh, what made you a 9 of Um,
3: uh, well, to be completely honest, kind of a funny take, so I was born in the states. My parents got divorced when I was about four, so I actually moved to Greece for about four years, so then when I came back, I was about nine, it was December of 1997, I got two older brothers, one of them's a Rams fan, the other one's a 49ers fan, and uh, obviously it was quite an easy decision at the time to become uh, to become a 49ers fan, so i uh, been a fan since then, and uh, yeah, you know, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Garrison Hurst, and the boys made it quite easy for me to make that decision.
2: Yeah, right? Like That sounds right about the, I mean, I've been a Niner fan since I was two, but it's funny because I'm from the Bay Area. You know, I grew up in San Jose. I grew up um, right behind, actually, we have a bar. Like I was kind of telling you a little bit when we were messaging on Twitter, we have a bar here in San Jose called Alex's 49. And so I literally grew up, like the alley that separates the bar and my house, like literally, there's just, I literally grew up pretty much in the back of that bar. And so, Dang. um, but it, it's funny because I'm first generation Californian. So my mama's side of the family is all from Detroit and my dad's side okay. of the family is all from the South. And so my, my, my dad's side of the family aren't really too big, like, you know, pro football fans. Like they're actually more into pro baseball. For my mama's side of the fans are all lions fans, except for my uncle. Uh, I have an uncle that's a, um, an uncle, that's a Vikings fan. An uncle, that's a silly f- fan. And my grandpa, was a uh, is a Niner fan, and so it was actually my grandpa. Even though I'm from the Bay Area, I don't have that typical. Oh yeah, you know my all my family are Niner fan. No, it was actually quite the opposite. I grew up in a house full of very little Niner fans. It was just me and my grandpa, and so I mean obviously I had a lot of friends and and you know classmates and everything that were Niner fans. But um, so okay, we were talking a little bit on on Twitter yesterday. I mean um. I know that you said you're watching the game and, and King on the D line. Would would you feel comfortable saying that this is the best that D lines looked so far this this preseason? Uh, yeah, definitely so. And you
3: know, they picked up a little bit of steam in week two. Um, you know, once again, everyone wants to see those close calls or those close pressures. Um, obviously, to end up becoming sacks. But uh, I saw some good things. Uh, once again, I mean we we held them to a very low. I forgot the exact number. It was definitely in the lower two. So I want to say possibly two point three was, um, was the Colts' uh, rushing average.
2: I have it right here. It's two point. Uh, wow. Uh, the running backs were uh, f- just five carry five yards and eleven carries. So that's about yeah. It was like two point four. Okay, yeah, so I'm
3: right around there. And I want to say uh, I
2: saw uh, Al Sacco from uh,
3: 49ers Web Zone uh, ended up posting a tweet earlier saying, I think in the entire preseason so far, we only allowed 2.9 yards per rush. So, uh, obviously, they're doing a great job there. We all saw we made big dividends last year. So it's kind of wild sure. and why I keep bringing it up. We literally had guys coming off the streets and starting for us at the defensive line um, the guy from the Jets, I forgot his kind of a name already. Um, trying to trace back, I, I, I can't thoroughly remember. So, he played for the Browns and the and Jets, and so then we all signed like usable.
2: Yeah. See, in 20, sorry. I see the funny thing I found, uh, that I realized is, um, I was at that Bucks game when that player who literally was signed like maybe four days before the game went off for like 160 yards on us. Uh, I'm I'm talking about in, in 2016. So okay. the 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 defense I I felt that was was it, it was obviously going to be better just cuz it was so bad in 2016 it couldn't possibly right. be that bad again. You you know but um I think that the big thing that I got from the the women stood out for me is because he, Luck scrambled for that 15 yarder um you know on 3rd and 13. You know, in, in the first half. A matter of fact, that was their lone touch. The the starters for the Colts' lone touchdown drive. Luck scrambled for that 15 yarder on on 13 and three. But what I liked when I saw the defensive end, I saw consistent push. And, and what I for mean sure. by consistent push, I consistently saw the Colts' linemen behind the line of scrimmage, which obviously means that we were winning. The, the battle at like the line of scrimmage. And that's the thing that was encouraging me the most because – and and when it, it trickles down to pass rush is because I think this is why Defoe is so dominant. Like, I mean, it, it, probably one of the best, you know, interior linemen in, all, in the whole league, but doesn't have the sack numbers. And I think this is what, what was encouraging I found for the Colts game was because if we get that push up front, all the quarterback's going to do is, is sidestep to to either side, you know, if if For we sure. don't have the edge. But when you saw the edge pressure getting there and, and the pocket collapsing, that's when I think that, that we're going to be able to use Defoe and, and Sheldon Day. I mean, I saw an article from, um, I want to say it was Niner Web Zone. I could be wrong on it, but it was talking about the possibility of, of, you know Robert Sala's mantra of getting the best eleven on the field is for sure. clearly Sheldon Day. Clearly Sheldon Day is one of our best defensive linemen. I, I think that if it wasn't for DeForest Buckner, he would be a starter. And so what he he proposed is putting Buckner on the edge, so you, so you would That's have right. essentially Defoe as as our Leo. You would have Sheldon Day as our three tech. Solomon Thomas kicks into to, um, one tech and then you have a tachu or P to T or Cassius Marsh coming on off of the, uh, the strong side, essentially what would replace our sign backer. And so the, the, the two encouraging well, things. Without being based on nickel,
3: was, sorry to interrupt you.
2: Uh, that nickel. So this is strictly okay, pass rushing. Yeah, this is this, which I mean, let's be honest, in all actuality, nickel's the new base, essentially. For and, you sure. You know, I mean, you know, nickel's the new base. I think it's, what, like 74% of the time last year teams were in nickel. So, um, yeah. And, and, I mean, this would this would be the, – uh, the way that they were explaining it is this isn't your third and one. This isn't your – this is your third and, and – Seven plus, you know, that you're they're running, there's no way in hell they're passing. I mean, I'm mean, right. passing, there's no way in hell they're running. This is clearly get after the quarterback, our uh NASCAR package, for lack of a better sure. word. Yeah, so I'll get your opinion on this. Is, is that, um, in one second, is I think what. The concern I have of I'm, – I'm coming up with an article for Nothing But Niners. I'll probably write it tomorrow. I'm coming up with an article that's going to say, okay, fine, you know, atachu looked good. I think Atachu looked good. Um, Eric Armstead looked good. I mean, he, I don't think his talent has ever been Eric Armstead's issue. I think it's been his health. You know, I, I think we can – right where he needs Jim to be, more, in my opinion. Yeah, his talent. It's clear. I mean, and Joe Staley, year after year. And also more so positioning as well, that left end spot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, my thing about it is, is I want to see the consistency. And while I think everybody's very encouraged by what we've seen from Itachi, by what we've seen from Solomon Thomas balled out, you know, and and Solomon Thomas was even looking good before he got hurt in the Dallas game. I actually, um, oh, yeah. I was sitting with um, one of my 408 Empire um sisters i was sitting she was nice enough to bring me to the game and instantly right off the snap of, of that sack that he got with Julian Taylor um or not um it was Sol- yeah it was Solomon Thomas and Julian Taylor right off the bat i said solomon's looking like a beast i said i he, he whatever he did in the offseason he needs to he he needs to do and so while i'm encouraged by what i saw yesterday and I think what needs to be noted is this: what we saw yesterday was our real D line, you know, I'm, with with Armstead making his debut, Solomon Thomas essentially making his de- debut minus what four snaps against Dallas, you know, DeForest Buckner and then you know, so on and so forth. So, sure. what I wanted to get your opinion on is, do you think? As I know we have the, the 53 man projection, which I'll go ahead and let you read here in a second. But do you think that we're, after what you've seen yesterday and King on the D-line, do you think we're going to be able to bring it with our four? Or do you think our, our a lot of our pressure is going to have to be created by Robert Sala and, you know, blitzes and, and things like that?
3: Gotcha. Great question. Um, see, this is a year and year two where I think you start adding a little diversity. Um, you know, it's been noted with Chris Kiffin and, you know, he can add a little mm-hmm. complexity to the system. So, you know, we're still going to be a base cover three team, but I, I really do not know what to expect. And it's kind of exciting in terms of, you know, are we just going to go with sim- the simple four-man rush and just hope that it gets there? Um, you know, what I was going to say earlier, we we do have guys who can win those one on one battles and we've had multiple guys to get that push, you know, from uh, you know, if you want to talk more so base, Armstead, Thomas, Buckner, you know, and then you can go to I think I think Earl Mitchell's a good penetrator. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I know he's not too not too fun, you know, around the the Fort Nineers headquarters these days, it seems like, as far as the fans go, but he, I think he still does a solid job, but don't get me wrong, Sheldon Day and D Day Jones have both been coming on very strong and I'm just very happy just to have the deaf overall. Um but back, back on point, as far as, you know, if we're going to create more blitz and all that, I, I really do not know. What I do know is, and I, what I'm hoping for, I do think we can be able to get some good pressure, and I think with good coverage, obviously, that's going to come down to Sherman being a very important part of that. Adrian Colbert as well, obviously, being, you know, the center fielder, quote-unquote, the secondary. Um, you know, if you see Fred and Foster flying around in the nickel as the linebackers, I really do believe um, and it's no surprise that we're probably gonna we're probably gonna be trying to generate most of our pressure from the inside. And why wouldn't you when you have Buckner or Thomas? But uh I expect if all those other things are clicking, I really think 49 Niners fans uh, are in for a good surprise and I think we'll be able to bring some good pressures and good and a decent amount of sack numbers.
2: So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to um, I I just kind of took some notes um, uh, during the more highlight. I I don't like to really take notes from because see, this is how I always approached it: is that I could sit there with my notebook and and take notes and you know scribble and everything. But to me, that means that that means that I'm taking away from the enjoyment of the game, you know, the, the flow of the game. So you know, there's plenty of replays and all that type of stuff to do that later, but. I remember seeing that and I officially found this out that he was only targeted that one time. Right. And so you know and he comes up with a pass break it up look good. Now oh, yeah. I think that that the key with Sherman is is I don't question his his like, I I I think it's a Michael Jordan and Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice as as his, as he clearly aged, his his skills had diminished, but he was still able to be a productive you know receiver with the Raiders and the Seacocks. Right. Well, why is that? It's because the mental game. For sure. You know, the 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 the, the uh Larry Cougar, who does uh the Niners pre and post game here for KBR in the Bay Area, always says football is about can your mental game catch up? To before your bo- body physically can't do it anymore, you know? Can I agree and much? I think when Sherman is going to succeed this year is going to be the mental game. And I, I think, like, m- m- the best way I could describe it is if, if I'm Robert Sala, I'm rolling, uh, shading Adrian Colbert slightly to Sherman's side, that way Sherman knows, because to me, I think he'll be fine on, on short in the intermediate routes. I think where where he's going to have his issues over the year is going to be taking, you know, guarding somebody, a receiver, rearing a receiver 60 yards downfield, right. you know, or 40 yards downfield, which which is why you, you kind of shade the safety a little bit to, to his side. Not enough where, you know, Colbert doesn't have that help, but just slightly over Sherman's side, and this, to me, is why I bring up the blitz and everything like that, because I think if we can't get pressure on the quarterback, I, I I think it's going to be a long year on defense. Because if you want Richard Sherman playing in you know December and, hell, let's just say January and February, too, he can't be playing 70 snaps, 80 snaps a game. And I think the longer he's out there, the more likely he is going to be exposed. Look, people who think Richard Sherman's going to be an all-pro, Hall of Fame, you know, Deion sanders type of shutdown corner for the Niners are sadly mistaken. He, he's just – he'll never be the same player he would just physically after what he went through. But I don't think that that means he can't be 80%. And I think any realistic Niners fan – If you tell them I'll give you 80% of Richard Sherman, you know, lined up next to Killer Witherspoon, and you know you put, you know, Kwan Williams or you know, DJ Reed or or you know, one of our young corners in the slot, I think 900 fans will. I would take that all day. I'll take 80% of Richard Sherman twice on Sundays. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And so. I'll, I'll we'll kind of wrap up here on the defense with with saying this. The Niners, I, I kind of gave my opinion. I'll let you give yours. The Niners struggle on defense because of blank. What what what's your if if we look back and I have you back on the show, the end of the the, the season. And we said the Niners' defense struggled all year. What to you is the biggest reason why you think they would struggle? Hmm. Well, that's another great question. We're talking for this year, right? Yeah, this year, strictly this year. Uh, well, I guess I guess struggle
3: to, I mean, I guess if I had to pinpoint something, I would just say struggle to not have a big-time um, sack artist um, but I am mm-hmm. a believer, once again, this is going to be the first year we can say in, in about several of them, actually, probably since going back to 2013, that, I mean, I don't know how great this offense is going to be. Obviously, I think it has big-time ability. But what we can oh, what yeah. we can feel good about, and going back to the Sherman thing, you know, you said, uh, you know, if the yeah. pressure can't be there, you know, it's going to expose the secondary. As we know, the, you know, those things go vice versa. You know, if if the coverage is just good enough, you know, or really good, then obviously that can set up the pass rush. Uh, exactly, but obviously, going back to my main exactly. point, right? But uh, going back to my main point, like I'm, I'm very huge on. I think it's gonna happen. To what degree, I don't know exactly. I do know it's gonna be good. But I don't think the defense is gonna be on the field as much for the first time in probably four or five, maybe even Ooh. six years. I really do think the offense is gonna be able to put up points. Um, and then playing with leads, finally, you know, like. I just think that's so crucial when you're able to kind of take control of the game and when you have somebody like Shanahan dial things up, and then that's when the play action, you know, really kicks in, mm-hmm. when they're kind of more worried about the run and, and, and so forth. And then, so I think with that and playing with leads, we'll get a lot more nickel situations, you know, where you're able to have Buckner and Thomas inside and have those guys' peers, uh, peers <laughs> uh, pin their ears back and then really know that the pass is coming along, and I think that can really set them up for good success.
2: I I I'm with you. The, to me, I think to be able to go to the Forrest Buckner and say to who to me is next to next to probably Ruben is, is our best defensive player. I, I think, I think I agree right now it would be the Forrest Buckner, but I think if you're talking about two, three years from now, I think it'll clearly be Ruben Foster, but I think that the scariest thing you could do to offensive lineman is go to go to uh, DeForest Buckner and tell him, "Hey, look, we got a 10, 12, 13 point lead. It's halfway through the court, You know, the third quarter. Go get the quarterback, because then I think that that's when he can be unstoppable." Okay, now getting to the offense, you and me were were both uh, speaking about Mike McGlinchey um, not, not, not too long ago. I have yet still, I I think we're both going to go ahead and say that he didn't give up a, a pressure on Saturday. So that's now three preseason games where he's yet to give up a pass pressure. I mean, to me, for somebody who's not coming out of Notre Dame was his pass protection to me that that's, uh, man, I want to do jumpy jacks and backflips. The fact that he has a <laughs> home run. I, I home don't run really, so far, so far. I mean, and it's now, enough. 26 snaps at, before Saturday. I don't know. Like I said, this is one of the things I was trying to tell you when I said, you know, stats in the preseason are shit. Because, you know, right. normally by now I've had the diner snap. Uh, I get the snap printouts, you know. So I've had exactly how many snaps i have You know what I'm saying? So I can right. – let's just say it's pretty close probably to about 30 to 40. Well, definitely over 30. Probably pretty close yeah, to 40 pass snaps hasn't given up a pressure. Joe Staley looks – Joe Staley. I mean, you know what you're going to get from Joe. Weston Richburg – I think it took him a little bit to adjust and come back. I think he struggled against Houston. Uh, he he struggled against Dallas. He had his best game, but I wouldn't say, a uh, you know, one of the highest-paid centers in the football game. Although the one thing I like about Western Richburg, and I think that those those penalties that have came from him, is he's aggressive. For sure. And I think,
1: and I guess I think, think the NFL came that.
2: out – go ahead, I'm sorry.
3: Go you know, go ahead. Oh, I was just really going to say, I guess the NFL came out and they said, I guess uh, on the play he got the extra flag, um, you know, for pretty much arguing with the ref. I guess the NFL came out and mm-hmm. said that should not have been a flag. So he kind of was in the right to be so pissed off.
2: Okay. Okay, well then, yeah. So then, no I, I'm not. I'm not mad and, and I want my offensive lineman. I want my – look, and I think that what people don't understand – Especially that I have a lot of listeners who, you know, my show's listened to all, all around the world, which is dope as fuck. I really love it. Um yeah. But I think if, 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 you know, so I literally, I've talked to, I, I've talked to a person who listens to my show in Germany and, you know, he's never even been to a f- football game, period. Like, you know, not even like high school, nothing. So I told him, I said, look, what you got to understand is if you, I have been played offensive and defensive line in high school and have had been to many, many NFL games. You really got to understand how nasty it really is in the, in the trenches. You know, these are, if if you're looking for your center to be a nice, sweet, cuddly teddy bear, he's probably not going to last long. All right. You know, <laughs> I remember I was lucky enough to meet Jeremy Newberry the day Jeff Garcia oh my God. had his number in the um, Jeff Garcia had his number put in the Ring of Honor at San Jose State. I happened to uh, my group home owner was an alumni of San Jose State and knew Fitz Hill, who was the football coach. So and a couple of nice. our group home staff were on the football team. So we got to eat with the football team. We got to we got to do all sorts of shit with the football team. Anyway, uh, nice. luckily we were we were pretty we had pretty good seats. I, I probably somewhere around the fifty forty yard line for that sure. particular game. And, you know, we got to see Jeff Garcia's number put in the San Jose State Hall of Fame. And I I was lucky enough that Jeremy Newberry happened to hear me when I I was – because it was him. uh, I think it was him, Derek Deese, and Roy Brown, I want to say. I can't remember. But I remember it was him, definitely him. So I'm, like, just yelling, trying to get their attention and everything like that. And Jeremy (laughs) happened to come over. And I was like, Mr. Newberry, I was like, you know, you're one of my favorite players. And he's like, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I took out my wallet. And he, he signed my nine. You know, he signed my niner wallet for me and everything like that. And I was like, "Hey, bro!" I was like, "Fuck the yams." He's like that, and I was like, and "He laughed. He looked at me he goes, oh, don't trip, bro. We gonna get in that ass next time." I was like, "For sure." Like that. He's like, "All right, bro." And he's like, "Take care." And I was like, "For sure." I was like, "Hey." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Punch him in the mouth for me." He's like, "Don't trip. I got you." Right. And it was so funny nice. because you could tell he was just—you could tell he was just a badass would like drop the gloves, fight like. You know what I'm saying? Like he was a. Oh yeah. And that's what right there and right there I realized it's 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 war in the trenches. Like, For sure. I would not want to play against Jeremy Newberry, bro. Like that's not cool. Oh my God. That's right when was I was like
3: in middle school and seeing his picture on Madden, he looked mean.
2: I know, right? I mean, to me, to me, what what what? If you ask me, who I have an article on Sports Elite. I'll go ahead and, and shoot the link link to you. Uh, I would like to know your opinion right. on it. Um, it. It's uh top 10 nine or O linemen that have played in my lifetime. Right? So so you wow. don't see uh Forest Blue on there. That I've had a couple people who be like, what about Forest Blue? Calm down. He didn't play in my lifetime. So you know, but um the 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 feature picture I, I, I look it's a famous picture of Joe Staley after the Packers game when uh Clay Matthews had broken his nose. And you just see Joe Staley and you see with the broken nose and the blood dripping down. To me, that's like, if you could pick any image that would portray an offensive lineman, that's that image, (laughs) you know, like this man just got his nose broken and, you know, I don't even like, literally he just put a bandaid over it and was like, let's go. So, but anyway, just like, but, um, so, offensive side of the uh, first of all uh, your opinion on, on the glitchy. I, we kind of got a little
1: derailed but uh, <laughs> I agree with your chance you need that, a nasty center. Yeah, yeah yeah. So um
2: O line we all clearly noticed that the the, the O line had had broke uh, obviously run blocked very more. Now, I'm curious to know, I've, I've discussed this with a couple of people, do you think it was more the O-lineman or do you think it was the urgency that uh, Alfred Morris ran with?
1: Uh, I would a little definitely bit say of it's
2: a little more of the offensive lineman. Um, Morris, you know, looking
3: back on highlights, he did uh, he did ended up making some great calls, some good cuts. You know, obviously he's a savvy veteran, knows kind of set up things a little bit. Uh, but it was definitely more so on the offensive line, in my own personal opinion. They came out with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you hit the nail nail on it right there as far as coming out with a sense of urgency. I mean, I could just already picture Shanahan in the locker room before the game. Like, this is what we need to get done. You know, if we want to be ready for the Vikings week one, we can't be messing around anymore. Not that they were messing around, but we really need to get things on track and on point. And I think they did a really great job right from the get-go opening up huge holes, which made me think about right away. God, I Mm -hmm. wish to see either Jet or Brader running through the same holes that Morris got. Um, with their wiggle and explosiveness that they've got, but uh, I really love what I saw. Like you said, as far as like Richburg and you know just coming on, like you know as, as far as as a free agent, but you know we're playing. There's three new stars on the offensive line. Um, you know, and we brought out last minute so last year. So I mean, I'm sorry.
2: I, I I think that gets so overlooked when 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 oh big time you 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 pick, and you look at the positions. You look at the positions that are getting replaced, okay? Center, which they always say is the quarterback of the offensive line, okay? Right that's tackle, sure. which is, yeah, that's not as important as left tackle. You know, be, uh, not as important as as, as left tackle because, you know, Jimmy can see the pre- essentially the pressure. But still, I mean, you're, you're – Hey, that's you're, why Trey Brown got traded. All,
1: well,
2: yeah. I mean, clearly Trent Brown wasn't traded for for this year. Trent Brown was traded for next year and the years after.
0: You know, they they figured,
2: sure. do we want to give this man who has weight problems, uh, you know, left tackle money, or would we rather just draft sure. him, you know draft the tackle and get him on a rookie contract for four years? But that it means, was also for his scheme fit play. and you know, running the ball more, screens and play actions and those kind of things. It, it, it clears Shanahan prefers the the Bill walsh isque lineman, the the lighter, more athletic lineman, which obviously Trent Brown with weight problems, that that doesn't I, – yeah. I think the thing I like about Kyle Shanahan, to, to get off of track a little bit, the thing I love about Kyle Shanahan and, and why I think that we've had such success and, – and, I mean, you could look at the rosters or, or let's just stick to the draft picks, and I, I'm – Joe Williams would be the only one that you would you would question on whether they, why they picked him. I mean, Joe Williams would be the only one. Every other pick you could see why. Yeah. And I think right. the the biggest difference between Lynchahan and Trent Bulky is Bulky fell in love with measurables and he fell in love with athleticism and you know production. Kyle Shanahan falls in love with players, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, because he's like I know. They fit my system. Look at Trent. Trent Taylor would have not been a bulky pick. Why would not Trent Taylor be a bulky pick? Because he doesn't have the measurables. Right. But you see Kyle Shanahan say, hey, look, I don't care that he ran a slow 40. I don't care that he's 5'8". He has exactly what I need, which is a short area of quickness. You know, and and I, I think that's the success. And so Shanahan... More importantly than identifying your ability – or just as important, I should say, of identifying your ability to fit, it's also important to see non-fits. And I think that's just important to, to sit there and say, yeah, McGlinchey is a skill and talent, and I love the fact that he can say, yes, Mike McGlinchey is a fit for my system. But it's just as good an ability and just as important to say, you know what? I know Trent Brown's not a fit for my system. He's, from all I heard, he's the talk of Patriots camp, and they're talking he's moving to left tackle, and it's going to be wonderful and marvelous. Man, Trent Brown's a Gator. I'm a Florida Gator fan. My daddy went to the University of Florida. I, nobody wants Trent Taylor to, or Trent Brown right. to succeed more than I do. Right. But he clearly wasn't a fit for Kyle Haynes system. system. Uh, to get on right. real quick, I, I think credit, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see if you saw what I saw, but I think credit is due to jo- Joshua Garnett. I oh am going to come here on, on live radio and say I thought he was gone. I thought there was no
1: sh- – Everyone almost thought he was. he was.
2: Huh? I think everyone almost thought he was gone, you know? Yeah. I, I thought – especially when he came out with a knee injury and Shanahan kind of seemed to be calling him out, kind of like a, hey, you know, you can't make the club if you're in the tub type of thing. I, I thought, oh, he's gone. They're gonna trade him, you know. The, I mean, you saw how quickly they got rid of Eli Harold. You know, what I'm saying they essentially, right. they essentially, they essentially told the told the Lions, you can have Eli Harold for a pack of gum. I mean, in football, in <laughs> football hey, that could be a future a starter, starter in 2020, trapping. huh? So. They essentially said, "Hey, we're not going to get something for the 2019 draft. No, we'll wait for two more drafts and have a conditional seventh-round pick, which I believe the condition is he has to be on the 53-man roster. So essentially, they basically could have gave Eli Harold away for free. So yeah. they they Good clearly point. don't have a problem moving on with bulky players. I thought That's he sure. was going to be done. Joshua Garnett, as came out." like a man whose livelihood is is at stake and that's fine. You know, awesome. And that's great. You know, consistency, which, you know, we'll we'll all say this and everything. And by all means, if I think he starts day one, I don't think that that means he locked in as our starter for the whole year. By all means, no, I, i actually, personally, I'm of the choice. That person is probably going to be given. I see. I'm, I'm skeptical on person because I think in an ideal world you would want person to start. But if they start Garnett, I think that's strictly because they don't want a person to get hurt because they want the versatility of being able to have guard and center. But so you're saying they might suffer. give up a little overall talent in order to have
3: him as a reserve.
2: Like. Now, if, if if basically, like I'm not saying if if clearly, person's the better guard, you know, like sure. should be the starter, then clearly he will be the starter. I'm not by all means saying that, but I'm saying if they can live with the drop off between Garnett and, and person, stepping back on on person, saying hey, we'd rather have being able to, your versatility and keep Garnett as, as – because if, if you think about it, almost think about it this way. If person goes in and person goes down, not only did you lose your starting right guard, you lost your backup center as well in one play. See, see um, what I'm saying? Versus let me ask he, you this question. Okay, go ahead.
3: Who do you think starts So uh, the last game against the Colts? It was actually – we all thought Garnett was going to start. He didn't, but obviously he had a second good game in a row. Um, who do you think starts this Thursday? I, I don't know even if the job is technically locked up yet. I really don't know who's going to start, and whoever does start probably means that they're going to be the backup come week one versus Vikings.
2: Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday, and I, I agree with you. If it's if it's person, that to me tells me that the battle is still going on. If it's Garnett. I agree. I think that that tells you person is going to be the star. I, I, think I think if, if, who if, if do you think person, they put out? If, if, we, if we see person on Thursday, I, I think that's telling us that the battle's still going on. I would hope not. I would hope that we would have an idea by the press conference. I believe Shanahan's next press conference is today or tomorrow. Um, okay. Probably. probably. I think it's usually it's usually Mondays right after the show. So um All
3: right. Nice. I'm looking forward to it.
2: I think that uh I think that if if we see person that tells me that the battle's still going on. And if we don't, then I'm I'm gonna fully agree, agree with with you is, is generally Garnet starts on Thursday, Garnet's the backup.
1: Do you think, and they're uh, essentially do you think if needed... go ahead.
3: Oh, sorry. Uh I was just gonna say, do you think I think person will start this Thursday, and that does mean yeah. you said, like, a good job can still be up in the air. I think if person does start, I think that means Garnett will be the start of week one, and I think just outright simple, if Garnett does start this Thursday, that he's, in my opinion, he'll probably end up being the backup come week one versus the Vikings.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's
2: my guess. I could see it either way. The thing is, okay. okay, so... We're slowly, I mean, we still got plenty of time, but we're slowly running out of time. This, this is why I love bringing people on, because we're having such a great conversation and, and talking Niners ball. This is so much better than sitting here by myself. But um Appreciate it. So, r- real quick, you're 53. Go go ahead and um I don't have it on me. I don't know if you have your 53. Yeah, I got it right in front of me, actually. Okay, cool. Let's Let's go ahead and go through that real quick.
3: All right, perfect. So i got 25 on each side of the ball, so 25 offense, 25 defense. Just going to run through it a little quick since we're uh, approaching a little short time. Um, so I've got two quarterbacks. Obviously, we know Jimmy, uh, CJ. We're rolling with four running backs right now, Jet, Breda, Morris, Mostert. Uh, to be noted, Williams is going to go on injured reserve with designated to return tag. So we kind of get to carry him until at least midseason. Um, right now, believe it or not, might be one of the few out there. I got seven wide receivers right now. I'm gonna just I just don't want to give up any talent. Um I've always said this, you know, as far as all off season, this could possibly be Garcon's last year here. I know nobody really wants to hear that quite yet, but
2: uh he's yeah, obviously he's my number no, one still. I definitely agree with you on that. I agree with you, I agree with you. I think that you're gonna a lot of the veterans, a lot of a lot of the Shanahan guys, the Malcolm Smiths, the 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 Pierre garsons. I'dric Robinson. I I think that the idea of even though it says five year contract, the idea was hey, in a year, two, maybe three years, we'll have enough of our own guys and and develop Ross that we'll cut ties on them. So yeah, I think Pierre Dasson, if if he even stays on the team the full year this year, he's gone next year. Okay, sorry, go ahead. No, no worries. I, I love Pierre Garçon. I don't
3: want anybody to get it twisted out there. I l- absolutely love him, but, you oh, know, once again, we draft his and have to him pet himself more for a reason.
2: I'm yeah, i was looking him sucking pressure. up like a vacuum. Yep. At, he's from the same hometown as my daddy in Florida, and okay. I was screaming for him to – Yeah, I was screaming for him for us to get him when he first left Indy. I, I was pissed oh, for he sure. went to Washington. Okay, uh, so –
3: Tremaine Johnson when, last year against the Rams.
2: Oh, that was Anyway, sorry, let
3: me continue with my 53. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, so seven wide receivers, Garçon, Goodwin, Taylor, Pettis, Bourne, Richie James, Jr., and Burbridge. Um, Got three tight ends, Kittle, Sally, Cucutini. I got eight eight offensive linemen, but uh, once again, to be noted, I've got Magnuson also as well going on the injury reserve with a designated to return tag. So I'm rolling with eight for right now, um, minus Magnuson. So Saley, Thomaslin, Richburg, Garnett, McGlinchey, pretty much my starting offensive line. Um and then I got Cooper, Gilliam, and Person That's my three reserves. Uh I got eight defensive linemen. I got Armstead, Mitchell, Buckner, Thomas, Day, Jones, Taylor, and Blair. Um I also bunched up my Edge and Sam in one grouping. I got four Edge slash Sam, and that's gonna be Atachu, Marsh, Peter T and Watson. Sorry, I forgot to mention uh fullback. Obviously we got Juice over there, so he counts as one. Um yeah, I mean, I and yeah, I accidentally left them off, and I noticed it. a fan brought it up earlier, so I I redid it. But right now I got the 53 projection, my my, my one that I made a couple days ago that I accidentally forgot juice on, but uh, ended up updating that and retweeted that out there. Um, and then next up is linebackers. Got four, um, not counting Foster, who of course is going to be suspended for the first two games. Um, got Smith, Warner, Coyle, and Elijah Lee, who's uh, been coming out decently strong, but surprisingly he didn't play too much last game. We'll see what happens on Thursday to get an indication of that. But for right now at this moment, got him as my fourth linebacker. Really probably doesn't matter regardless because when Ruben Foster returns week three, he's probably going to end up cutting Lee to make room four uh, for Um Cornerbacks, I got just five, which is kind of funny because, you know, I feel like several years ago that wouldn't be a question. But now everyone kind of wants to sneak that sixth cornerback back in. Um, I can go over that in a second if you like, but my five uh, corners are Sherman, Witherspoon, Vaughn Williams, Jimmy mm-hmm. Ward, Various Moore. The reason why I'm going with five is technically we have four guys who can play outside, and feel free to interrupt me whenever. They um, got four players that can play outside, Sherman, Paquello, um, of course Jimmy Ward, and Moore, so I think outside corners, were fine. And obviously, inside is going to be Williams, but of course, DJ Reed can play in the nickel as well, along with Jimmy Ward. So that's three guys who can play inside. Um, and I got obviously got Colbert and Reed as my two uh, free safeties. Um, got Tart and James my two strong safeties, and then I got Gold, Pinion, and Nelson to uh, finalize at 53. And then, if you like, I can go over the 46-man roster yeah, I was on game day. Why don't
1: you go over the 46?
3: Yeah, so this is well, really tough, and obviously I'm probably going to change this after Thursday. Go off. ahead, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, I said not not the full 46, essentially the seven that you're keeping off of, of game day. Right,
3: right, yeah, that's what I was going to do. Uh, so I got Morris as my first guy because if Jet Breda are healthy, I would imagine Moster probably going to be the number three for special teams.
0: Not yeah, quite well. a hundred
3: percent. Just kind of going off of my 53, so my seven and axis could easily be wrong. But once again, if Jet and Breda are mm-hmm. healthy. You want most of the but special teams, and Morris could be the odd man out.
2: See, this is just real quick, and I'll let you go off the, the rest yeah. of the This is what somebody brought up to me. Somebody brought me – see, I, I. by the way, we've already discussed it. I, I fully agree with your 53. I mean, that's essentially – I might, you, you know – we, we discussed it. The corners are pretty much where maybe we vary, you know, some, but everything else we pretty much agree with. Somebody right. brought up to I me – that you're not going to keep Burbridge and Mo- Mostert so that that we keep Burbridge and that that Mo- uh Morris becomes takes uh Moster's spot on the active 46 You see right. what I'm saying? That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 45%. And uh you
3: know, I see somebody like I, Ramirez I can easily play, play as a gunner role. I'm sorry. Well, I was just bringing up the point that, yeah, I really don't know how that's exactly going to go. I don't know if uh, they trust somebody like Tarverius Moore, DJ Reed, or Ward to possibly play the gunner role right now. So right now in my head, you know, we're just maybe trying to win ball games this way. I can see Mostert and Rich – I'm sorry, Richburg. Uh, I can see Mostert and Burbridge both being active on game days, and obviously what I have right now is just to add a different dimension. I
2: think we're going to know – a lot more on thursday if if you see if you see uh maybe you know d j Reed or Trevarius Moore or McFadden or somebody that that you think has a pretty strong spot on on being on the roster if you see them at gunner that means that they're really only planning to keep one and they're trying to they or I shouldn't say they only plan to keep one what they're trying to do is they're trying to say hey, can so and so Replace Burbidge or moster as a gunner, and I, I think that I agree a hundred percent. We're going to see that tested out on Thursday, and and we're going to find out. Also, the the Good. one thing that I wanted to be noted uh, before we go ahead, and I let you finish, is that I think you and me were in both agreement last night. I believe that the fifty three that we have. As of Friday, or Wednesday, what Friday with one PM, one PM Saturday, is right. not going to necessarily be the the, the fifty three that we have Wednesday before. That we're we're basically both in agreement that they're going to add some pieces from other rosters. There are people that are going to be Niners this season that aren't quite yet on the roster.
3: Yeah, see us scouting a few guys that so we're licking our chops to possibly maybe land one in there. I don't, I really don't know if we're going to keep all fifty three from a, this particular roster.
2: Yeah, I definitely think linebacker, if they can get a better uh, – if if they feel that there's – because to me, I was actually disappointed. I'm I'm really kind of disappointed in Dakota Watson. I don't really see the real big hype on him. I think he looked extremely slow uh, against um, – uh, he lost containment. I believe it was against um, um, Borsett. Uh, I believe that um, it was him that lost containment when he ran it down our throats. And and he he just was clearly – you could tell that he was just a step too slower than everybody else. So I think that honestly we we would – I think that the one position we're going to look at is is Sam Backer. But, okay, uh, go ahead and finish off the seven.
3: Great point right there. And Watson's probably like my 52 or 53 guy right now. And uh, he could easily be a guy that gets replaced by another edge from some team out there to, Mm -hmm. you know, to pretty much finalize the 53.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, I think so. Okay, so go ahead. Um. Yeah, sorry about that. So right
3: now, just for simple, you know, before we uh, watch Thursday's game and maybe get a better indication of possibly the seven inactives and possibly finalizing the 53 or whatnot and making some changes to that. So I've got Morris, James Jr., um, Jonathan Cooper, and then i got Blair, Lee, and then it's going to come down to possibly Watson or P to T. as a six. I'm probably going to obviously lean with Watson right now because to T. just gives you more explosiveness. Um, you know, mm-hmm. better of a pass rush to that as a rotating edge, obviously after Marsh and Atachu. And then it's also, I got Jones right now, but I was just thinking in my head earlier, it's going to be, it's going to come down to DJ Jones or possibly like Julian Taylor from as my seventh inactive. I was just making a case. Um, I have Jones right now, but I was just thinking to myself that Jones could be active along with Earl Mitchell and Sheldon Day. Um, just due to the fact that, you know, at first I was making a case for Julian Taylor just in case anything happens to Armstead. But then I thought to myself, obviously Solomon Thomas can play left end, you know, Buckner can play left end. I'm sure if they need to, you know, they can possibly move one of the nose tackles, um, to left end if they need to. So I'm just trying to make a case that you can have DJ Jones, Sheldon Day and Earl Mitchell all three active on forty six. It doesn't need to be everyone is just worried and that's why they want Earl Mitchell in my own opinion. That's why they kinda of want him off the team because they don't want Either uh, they don't want Sheldon Day or DJ Jones uh, being inactive on the 46 game days. And I'm like, it doesn't need to be that. You know, all three can technically be active.
2: I fully agree with you. I think what everybody's scared of is that DJ Jones, whose dad actually hit me up on Facebook, by the way. That was kind of weird and and told me thanks for the support. And it was funny because that day I won't practice and I just happened to be talking to DJ Jones and telling him, I think he was going to ball out this year. And I said, and if I don't think that Earl, I said, if you're not the starting nose tackle by the, by the start of the year, you'll be the starting nose tackle by the end or coming into the season next year. But I agree. So I I think that's exactly what people are. But also I think what it is, is that to me, the, 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 what I think we have to be careful of is exposing depth too much, and there's always that angel saying that you know there's there's a reason your backups are backups. You know there's a reason Jacksonville let Selden Day go, so you know to to say that he he's. To be a starter, even DJ Jones to be a starter is is maybe a stretch. I mean, even your seven inactive, there's 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 not much that I can disagree with. So, I mean that that all is reasonable. I think Richie James needs another year to get stronger, but you could clearly see Richie James has to make the he has to make the sixty three because there's no way in hell they're sneaking him through through waivers.
3: For sure. Here's a question about Richie. I'm sorry? Do you think he gets a – I said, here's a question about Richie.
2: Do you think he possibly gets a magical injury like we've seen in the past and maybe he goes on injury reserve for the year since we have so much death at wide receiver? I was just mentioning that to you yesterday. And um, I believe it's like a chest contusion or something minor that they were talking about he could possibly have. uh, They were talking about it. um, Larry Kruger was mentioning it on the KBR. And that was the big yeah. thing last year with Joe Williams' injury was, way you know, this is like a three, four-week injury. Like, you know, what's really going on here? And so that I think they might do that. I think that might be a way that they try to – because I had somebody – so before I let you go, we're going to go ahead. And um, before I let you go, I'll give you a chance to give out your Twitter and, and all that information. But I had to get your question on this real quick. Do you think – that – I'm trying to think about how I put it. Do you think he he gets that treatment? Do you think that we're going to mysteriously see a, see a you know, a turf toe or something?
3: With the Richie? Um, see, I, that was like my initial thought possible when we first – you know, when I first kind of saw a little tape and a highlight, highlight reel of him. Um, you know, I always thought he looked like a guy who was obviously, you know, showing that he can be a playmaker at the college level. Uh, I think he almost had like 100 yards or he did have 100 yards against Alabama, and obviously he went to a small school, so, you know, pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but I, as soon as I saw him against Dallas, I'm like, man, is this a guy that you possibly want to stash that maybe he could possibly help you out later in the year? I mean, we don't know what possibly unfolds for us for the season as far as injuries go. And uh, I definitely don't want to go towards that direction, but you just never know. So, I was just thinking, I mean, it's going to be tough, you know. I guess if they're that confident with what we have. And, obviously, him and his agent would have to agree to something like that, you know, for that to actually occur. Um, I don't think it's technically a possibility anymore. I want to say he's going to want to play. I don't think he would try to force a trade or anything crazy, but I don't think he would want to kind of agree to something like that. But who knows? Maybe if he promised him a certain role for next year or something along those lines,
1: you just never know. I, I
3: really don't know. And hey, who knows if we like Magnuson that much? Maybe Magnuson is a guy that we just outright release, and uh, you know maybe Richard James Jr. could be that second candidate to return um, off the IR type of thing.
2: Love it. I mean, who knows? And I think that's for people like yourself who, and me who cover the Niners and are Niners fans. Is essentially, Saturday is a party day. Like Saturday is is yeah, you know, preseason is always cool to cover and write about. But Saturday is right when it kicks off for us because now it's like okay now we know, you know, and now everything is just not right. speculation, and you can you can make judgments on the roster and, and say things like, hey yeah that was smart they cut this player. Uh, my 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 first sure. about it is I, the thing I'm really looking forward to is, is for lack of a better word I'll say this year's Jeremy Curley. I, I had going into last year. I had no idea that they were going to cut Jeremy Curley. I thought Jeremy it was a done Jeremy Curley was going to be on this roster, and then all of a sudden they cut Jeremy Curley. It's like, hold on, wait a second. So I'm I'm curious to see who this uh, year's Jeremy Curley is. Before I let you uh, go, because we are out of time, uh, go ahead and tell my listeners where they can find you, uh, social media, all the all the different type of stuff that you're doing at 49ers Insiders Room.
3: Gotcha. Yeah, appreciate that. So pretty much right now, I'm just only locked in on Twitter. Um, my handle, my as far as my actual 49ers fan page, it's going to be the handle is going to be at 49ers with an S at the end, insiders. Uh, once again, an S at the end of both of those words. So at 49ers insiders, and then my private page is going to be at A P. P is in Paul. Uh, insiders. I'm sorry. It's going to be at A P 49er. I'm sorry. Yeah. Shoot can't even talk right now. Um, it's going to be at AP insiders. I don't think 49ers is in there. If I'm not mistaken. I'll go ahead
2: and I'll put it out when, when I, I, I the, thank you for listening and all that stuff, bro. Um, thank you so much for coming on today, Adam. Really appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to, we got to have you on again. And, um, if y'all ever start a blog or, or anything with, uh, 49ers in center's room. Go ahead and holler at your boy. Love to co- collapse some more.
3: Thank you so much for having me on, man. Really appreciate it. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah, well, definitely.
2: Night, bro.
3: Enjoy the game. Bye bye. Yep.
2: All right, y'all. So uh, we're past the little podcast. Y'all know Twitter. Y'all know Instagram. I'm gonna go ahead and end today's episode. But uh, so I'll see y'all next week. Next week, our last show without football. So. Be amazing. Um, see
0: y'all next week. Peace, love, and happiness. Go Niners. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo.